Hey, everybody, and welcome to In the Clinch, the MMA podcast on the Fight Game Media Network. Paul Fontaine alongside Ryan Frederick. I want to thank you all for tuning in on your favorite podcast carrier. And if you haven't already, please uh, make sure to subscribe to our Fight Game podcast feed. Get all the free shows that we offer. Uh, Garrett was just telling us today it's eight shows we have now every week that are totally free. And if you haven't already, uh, please consider subscribing to the Fight Game Media Patreon, patreon.com backslash Fight Game Media. I believe we have five or six shows on that feed, at least, sometimes more, every week, uh, all for five bucks a month. And it, it helps support the free feed as well as, you know, gives a little bit extra to the people that are, you know, providing that paid content, which is, you know, a little bit, I wouldn't, it's not necessarily better, but it's just different, more in-depth coverage of certain things. So, but yeah, thank you all for listening to this show. And uh, this might be a shorter than usual show because uh, we don't have a show, uh, UFC show to preview for the Thank coming God. week. Yeah. <laughs> Although there is a few, um, there are a few shows we can touch on briefly because um, I know one, you didn't even have this in your notes, but isn't one uh, is doing their prime video debut this week, aren't they? <laughs> I guess I must have completely, yeah. I must have completely forgot about that. That's how, yeah, that's and, how, and, that's how well promoted it is being. Well, yeah, sure, was, but you know, I was talking about talking about one be on Amazon and it's going to be well well promoted and all that. And I'm on me or my dad is is on Amazon.com or Amazon. I'm on our on our Roku devices literally daily, and I've seen zero promotion of the show. Wow. Well, I mean, it is the right week to do it. Um, you know, yeah. given that there's no UFC this week, um, I, I'm probably more likely that I'll watch it. Uh, if I can find it, I don't even know if it's in Canada, but um, it is uh, being broadcast on Amazon Prime. We'll we'll, we'll talk about that in a bit. So but it's not on Amazon Prime in Canada. I don't know. I, I uh, honestly don't. Oh, wait a minute! Also, I'm looking at the the poster, and it says included with Prime U.S. and Canada only. So there you go. Yeah. Um, so I mean, I'll definitely watch the main event. I mean, you know, Adrian Marais and Demetrius Johnson should be a hell yeah, of a fight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That should yeah. be good. Yeah, but uh, uh, we we do have uh, our we got to talk about segment. Really, I mean, again, you know, there's kind of a light week in news, and uh, we had a big show this weekend. And one of the, you know, I wouldn't say the biggest upsets in UFC history, but one of the biggest knockouts in UFC history for sure. Um, and and one of the one of the bigger upsets. I mean, you know, maybe top twenty. No, definitely not like top five or anything. But um, you know, and so that's going to be all we have to talk about. And, uh, and we got to talk about this, uh, UFC 278 show run. Yeah. Yeah. What a, what a great show in front of a really good crowd. I, I'll say, let me tell you what is a good show in front of a great crowd with, with a great, unexpected ending to the main mm-hmm. event. And we have a new welterweight champion, Leon Edwards shocked the world, knocking out Kamaru Usman with a minute to go in the fifth round in a fight that Usman was going to going to win 49-46 across the board board mm-hmm. uh, just Edwards that I was I've watched the finish a couple of times and you know you know for those who were listening like whenever Paul me and Paul started setting up for the show you could hear, he heard it in the background like I was watching it again right right when we started and just the te- the skill to still 24 minutes in a high altitude environment, but to throw that beautiful of a strike that in the way he set up the head kick doing that 24 minutes into a grueling fight. I mean, that just shows like these guys are these UFC title, you know, title challengers, title champions, guys in the main events, like their skill and technique are, is so great. I mean, mm-hmm. and just, just the way he, 
Edwards set up that head kick, head kick with the jab. It was just beautifully done and perfectly well-timed, and Usman went out cold and just a real kind of shocking finish to the show. Yeah, I um, I mean, I, I if you listened to the show last week, uh, you know, we did our ROI picks, and I said there was value in Leon Edwards, and I did put a little bet on on Leon, and uh, and I was, you know, regretting it. Well, you know, the first round started. I mean, I'm thinking, hey, you know what? This looks good. You know, he, he had him in trouble in the first round. He took him down for the first time in his UFC career. He had a submission on that, you know, like it didn't look like it was close to finishing, but it looked tight. And you thought, man, you know, if he can do this a couple more times, he might just sneak out a win here. And then um, and then Usman just took over in the next three rounds. And by the third and fourth rounds, he was just taking him down at will. And uh, and then, like, I don't know if he got a little bit tired or if he just was coasting a bit because he figured he had the decision wrapped up. But, you know, the fourth round was a little closer. Um, I don't, I don't think he took him down. I think, I think Leon defended one. I seem to recall sprawling out of a takedown at one point, if I'm remembering right. In the fourth, um, round, in, in the fourth or fifth, but, but he was, you know, the fourth, fifth round was close. I mean, you know, it was probably an Usman round, but you know, I mean, I, you know, it, you've seen, you've it, seen. It was- it was the fifth that he sprawled. The fourth was definitely. Yeah, that's what I said. Yeah, so it was the fifth that he sprawled. So that was the one where, you know what? I mean, depending on how the round ended, I mean, he may have, you know, he may have snuck out like a 48 47, but if not, it was going to, you know, it's going to be 49 46. I was leaning 49 46, but I was saying, you know, this, this round could possibly go to him, but there's no way you're going to find three rounds for him. So, you know, he was going to lose. And then, you know, he, he got that highly real knockout, and the announcers were like literally in the middle of, Basically, they even said it. They said we were writing his obituary, like they just said, yeah. you know. Yeah, Corm- Cormier was t- talking about how they were writing his obituary, but right before the knockout, knockout, John Anik was still bringing that line of uh, of you can never count out somebody in a fight, and boom, head kick yep. land right then and there. I know, and there, and, so. and, then, and then when it happened, like he's lying on the ground, like Usman, and then like I think when he finally got up, like he was kind of protesting it, but he'd already been out for like thirty seconds, if not more. Like I mean, it, he was out on impact. Yeah, yeah like, I, don't, they, I don't know that he was protesting, more so asking what happened, what happened? because yeah. You know, <laughs> Yeah, especially if you're somebody like him who's never been knocked out in a fight before, fight yeah. before, and it happens, you're just like, "What happened?" Like, yeah, you don't want to, you don't necessarily believe that you were knocked out until somebody actually tells you, and then you see video evidence of it. I would say the most comparable things to this for me. I mean, I think the natural one that people would bring up is the Chael Sonnen, you know, and Anderson Silva, but the difference there is, you know, Anderson Silva was a champion. And and he had never been dominated like that. And then, you know, and then he pulls out the victory. So this would be like, you know, in the reverse, the reverse of that. Um, so then if you're looking at like a champion, like a challenger winning. Maybe, maybe like Yuri and Glover earlier this year. Yuri and Glover. Well, but that was back and forth. This wasn't that back was and back forth. In- I'm thinking Pettis and Horiguchi earlier this year in Bellator is what it yeah. reminded me of. Because Pettis was losing badly. And yeah. then he just he came up with that spinning back fist out of nowhere. But and but that was the fourth round. So I mean, you know, you had a lot more time left for something to happen. Like I don't think it's ever happened where a guy that was losing a fight won the title with a minute left in the fifth round. Misha and Holly Holm, maybe, you know, maybe, like yeah. 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 But um this was this was incredible. And and this was like 
I mean, he was a he was a plus two eighty five underdog. So, I mean, we've seen you know we see bigger opposites than that all the time. Yeah, but. yeah. I mean, like like when you even look at just this card, I think Usman was only like the sixth biggest favorite out of twelve. Yeah, fights. and yeah. one of them won. Um, yeah. The um, I think uh, the one that was bad because I thought it was a draw. Uh, Tibera Romanov. I think Tibera yeah. was plus four hundred. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think that the I I don't want to say it played any kind of a role in the main event. But I do think that um, the altitude played a role in a lot of the undercard fights, and definitely that Tibera Romanov fight. Um, yeah, yeah, because and I was actually getting to the point, and even in the Costa Rockhold fight early on, anyways, I was thinking like I was ready to have our we got to talk about segment B, we got to talk about having cards at altitude, because I was, you know, like some of these fight like these fighters were dying. Um, and yeah. it was cause they clearly weren't ready for altitude and, uh, and it's like, why, you know, there's other places you can go. You don't have to go to Salt Lake city, but, um, <laughs> well, you know, I, there's, there's business reasons why this show. Well, sure. Salt Lake city, sure. But, yeah. And, and not only that, I mean, well, yeah, I mean, we'll talk about the gate later, but, um, the, um, but I mean, then that, that fight ended up being so good, the Costa Rockhold and I should correct myself. It wasn't a good fight. But it was freaking entertaining as hell and compelling, and I enjoyed it. Uh, I can't say it was a good fight, but it was—I mean, it was a hell of a lot of fun. And if I was going to rewatch anything it, other than the main event, it would be that. Yeah. Um, I, I do say one. Well, I do want to say with the altitude, altitude in the main event, main event, it just shows how great those two are. Mm-hmm. Those two are because those guys didn't—you know—they didn't look tired any more tired than than some fighters look look. At, you know, 24 minutes into the fight, into fight, you know, at sea level, at maybe sea level. even better. Like maybe even better. I, I've Granted, seen guys, guys that have been beaten for three and a half rounds, like Leon Edwards do usually look worse than he did. Yeah, granted, granted, like Usman, he trains in he trains in Denver, so he's already trained at high altitude. But and these guys, because they're main eventers, they have more money and more money to spend on their camp, so they can do things like like Edwards went out to Utah three weeks three weeks early and then spent the entire camp in his entire camp like sleeping and living in a high altitude tent to adjust his yeah. body some guy who's making who's making you know a contender series entering contract you know doesn't necessarily have the money to do the stuff like that so you're going to see guy the lower level guys get tired like that but but i mean but but uh but yeah it just shows that you know that these guys are just on a whole other level and there yeah there was a lot of a lot of stuff to be tired. A lot of a lot of fighters get tired on the show, yeah. And uh, and then you had mentioned uh, on I heard you on Wrestling Observer Radio that uh, Dana White in the press conference afterwards said that the next fight for both these guys will be a rematch and probably in London. Yeah, yeah. I mean, here here's the here's the thing. We know how hot the UK market is for MMA, mm-hmm. and anytime there, and this is only the second time you've had you've had a champion champion from england what they do when bisping won the title his very first defense was in england england mm-hmm. england's such a hot, hot market and they're and they get really hot for champions like you have to put anytime there's a there's a british champion in any way clash you have to put at least their first defense in the uk in england and, the, and they've got, got so many because it's going to sell big it's going to sell big it's going to it's going to be an instant sellout wherever it happens and you've got so many um, undercard guys that are like huge. You can just yeah. load up one of these cards, yeah. And, absolutely. And, and you know, like you do, like you'll do a ten million dollar gate at O2 Arena if if that's where they decide to go. Yeah, um, if they if they want to jack up the prices that high, yeah. Uh, yeah, and 
it, what he needed easily. six million for fight night so um i don't yeah, see indeed, you know yeah. why they would. yeah and then yeah you you put a patty or molly or or darren till um, you, uh, um what's his name the aspinall um you know any any one of those guys paul craig you know like you can just take your pick and they're all arnold allen like they're just big stars in that market mm-hmm. and um you know and you even got your you know the prospect guy what's his name ian gary yeah that, yeah. yeah yeah like yeah. um yeah i just like i'm just fantasy booking here but i yeah. mean you, you know that would be like i mean as hot as this crowd was um i mean that would be insane yeah and, one thing and, else and what? you know dana did bring up the wembley thing and we talked about on observer yeah. observer radio and like i was saying saying dana brought up wembley but at the same time he said he doesn't think he'd do wembley because the one thing he can't control is the weather so yeah so especially if you're looking at doing it doing it as early as february like february would be a bad time you probably look you probably want to do it more so april may which is a long time long time between that but uh do they have any even, indoor stadiums out there do you uh, i don't i i don't know it's just mm. it's just when you think of london london and you think of think of classic stadiums in london you think wembley wembley yeah. now uh, i know dave was talking about how espn doesn't want afternoon pay-per-view shows and that's true but uh yeah. they will go for it if it if it's a certain if it's a certain reason like like they're doing yeah. the like the abu dhabi card here in october it's on pay-per-view in the in the morning and afternoon afternoon you know there there will be exceptions to the to the rule and, and if they wanted if they really wanted to run wembley wembley and you can only do it of course in the afternoon because there's a curfew on on stadium i mean you you do it yeah you afternoon it. Like, on like that's afternoon like here like the abu dhabi's morning like afternoon like that's not that bad like three o'clock in the afternoon is when the main card would start like you know that's not too, or no, it'd be that's four not, o'clock on the East Coast. Like yeah, that's not too bad. And 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 there's also that sense that, especially now with it being on ESPN Plus, pay per view is a little bit different. Different. It used to be mm-hmm. like if you're just watching on on Direct TV or whatever, like you buy the if you're going to watch the show, you need to be committed to watching it when it starts. Yeah. When it starts, whereas now you can, you know, if there's a pay per view show at three o'clock in the afternoon. Afternoon, you can buy it, and you can start from the beginning at five o'clock. Five o'clock, yep. and you're not really, you know, you're not really yeah. having committed to having to watch it right then or there immediately. Is or and, 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 and honestly, for some people, like, and I'd be one of them, kind of rather have a show end at you know like seven o'clock as opposed to one a.m. You know, um, yeah, you know, that's just me, but um i know some of these shows like and especially me like i ended up i didn't even watch the show till sunday morning because uh we were out we went to the beach on on uh saturday so i watched everything up till the main card and then it was like 2 a.m i had to go to bed and uh, luckily i avoided spoilers and uh got, got to see a really good card and probably enjoyed it more because i wasn't wasn't so tired um you know the, um watching it sunday morning as opposed to saturday night so um just hard avoiding those spoilers man i didn't even want to look at my phone <laughs> uh, i saw one i uh, somebody sent me and he's not like normally an mma fan I'll, you know he does watch mma but he's more of a wrestling guy and he sent me a dm it just said holy shit so i just knew like i knew something happened but i didn't know what it was and that was pretty much the right message for that finish um yeah so new new welterweight champion leon edwards um you know again these guys came into the fight i think they said it was the first time that two fighters had fought in ufc that each had a 10 fighter more win streak um, or un- unbeaten streak yeah 
unbeaten. Yeah, right, right. Because yeah, Leon Edwards had the no contest. Um, yeah. But yeah, and and Usman Usman comes one fight short of tying Anderson Silva for for most UFC wins to start a career. He would really it would have wow. been would have been sixteen and a sixteen and zero, and Anderson Silva started sixteen and zero. But nope, Usman gets knocked out and it'd be fifteen and one. So Anderson Silva keeps a record that I don't know. I don't know if that'll ever get broken. Heck, I mean. The the one guy now that would have a chance is maybe Kamzat. Um because yeah, he's kind of young and yeah. yeah. But um I will say last week when we did when we did our ROI picks, I said, you know, there's value in Leon Edwards, but I don't know if I'm gonna bet on him because you know, I just I I'm so sure that Usman's gonna win and I just don't want to throw my money away, even though there's value in Edwards. What made me decide to actually put the bet down was when I heard about Usman talking about moving up to two oh five. And uh, uh, invariably when these guys talk about like moving on in weight classes, you know, they, a lot of times they end up losing. Um, I mean, it didn't happen with Volkanovsky, but um, it's happened before with other guys. And, uh, you know, and, and uh, I just thought, you know what, his head's not in it. He's looking past Leon Edwards and, you know, and, and maybe there's a chance now as it turned out, like, I mean, this, I, this wasn't Usman losing the fight. This was Leon Edwards winning it. Um, the, you know, you can't say that he took him lightly. You can't say he took the fight off anything like that. Like he fought a great fight. Uh, um, yeah, not at all. You're the, the big question now to me, honestly, is Usman first time knocked out, but he's now 35. Is mm-hmm. this, is this just a small blip in the road and he comes back and, back and wins i mean he's already he's already a big betting favorite for the trilogy fight or really is it just kind of the start of you know the beginning of the end end i mean everybody wanted to compare him to george st pierre and everybody was trying to say, say kamara usman is is a better is is the best welterweight of all time he's not he's not George St. Pierre is Kamar Usman. He had five title defenses against three different opponents. George St. Pierre had nine title defenses, nine different opponents. Well, and the other that. thing is, you, you know, you compare him to George George St. Pierre, and people will make the natural comparison that GSP lost the title to Matt Sarah, which you know would be a much bigger upset than this. But you know, the same kind of thing. And then he went back and regained his title. Yeah. But the difference is, what was he, 27 at the time? George, GSP was 25 when that happened. 25, yeah. So there you go. And, but, and now yeah, he's and, been 35, 35. So I don't I don't know, like, like you know, once you hit – I think once you hit 35 and you start having one knockout, if you've never been knocked out before, it's it's a question whether it's going to happen again, happen again or not. So uh, – and Edwards. I mean, Edwards is only 30. So that guy could yeah. – and he's re- – I, I, he's really good. <laughs> like, like, mm-hmm. like it's a, it's you know what the, how, you, how good and how well rounded he, well rounded he is. I mean, even, I mean, Usman took him down, but Usman is probably the best wrestler in mixed martial arts now nowadays. Maybe, and what I mean, what um can you Edwards imagine though? Did his held his own wrestling. So how much of a bullet did did they dodge by having that comms that fight postponed three times? Because yeah. I mean, I mean, we we talked about it at the time, but I mean, clearly Leon Edwards was several <laughs> levels above Trump Chimaev. Now, yeah, when they actually meet, maybe in a year from now, it's you know, I, yeah, it'll be a lot different. But um, you know, and then you know, when you look at like Nate Diaz, I mean, Nate Diaz almost knocked him out at the end of that fight. Uh, you know, a yeah. few few months ago or whatever it was last year. Um, like it's it's just crazy how these things work. 
Um, and yeah, now you got got a new champ, and you know I got to think like this show doesn't seem like it did a ton of business, but the rematch should do a lot better, and and they're going to do a huge gate regardless, um, especially if they go to England. So yeah, yeah uh, big fight. Now I got to tell you something about this co-main event. Um, everybody that listens to this show knows my feelings about Luke Rockhold. I I can't stand the guy, um, and. I'm a lot like the fans that were in that building because when, when they did the intros, he was booed I pretty noticeably. And by the end of this fight, they were cheering everything this guy did and in his post-fight promo. And I got to tell you, by the end of this fight, I was rooting for the guy. And he totally did a babyface turn with me. And then at the end when he said, I'm too old for this shit, um, you know, I'm too fucking old or whatever he said um i was just like oh man I, I like the guy now you know like he's he showed some humility and and you know even the the dick move of like rubbing his <laughs> bloody nose all over costa's face like i was laughing you know and and he's like he's shit talking while he's getting his ass kicked and he's like putting his like he was tired and man this fight like costa took him down in the first round and he was like in mount and he was exhausted. Like Costa was like sucking wind. Rockhold was even more tired. And these guys just gutted through. And like I said earlier, it was a bad fight in the sense like technically it was a bad fight, but like no defense. And Rockhold was nailing him with these kicks that if he had any power behind them, he would have knocked him out. But obviously he didn't because he was hitting him flush in the body like over and over and over again. And like, you know, nine times out of 10, the guy's going to knock somebody out with shots like that. But he obviously must not have had any power behind his kicks. Um, but man, this, this fight was so much fun. And, uh, you know, and, and I, you know, and, and Costa winning Nav's decision. And uh, it was uh, Costa, you know what? That's two straight fights in front of fans where he's had like a classic. Um, yeah, I love this fight. Yeah, it is a very compelling fight. Very polarizing fight. You're either going to love it or you're going to hate it. I saw a bunch of people talking about, about, you know, they should be embarrassed by, by being so tired in altitude and all that. And I just want to tell those people, tell those people, this has, this is nothing compared, compared to the Mark Hunt, Ben Roswell fight from, from Denver, like, like in 2011. Like if you, if you want to see like embarrassing fighting in altitude, go back and back and watch that fight like and i you know and i really think that costa didn't get really tired until about midway through the second which which i think altitude or not with what he was what his output was was probably gonna happen at sea level or at altitude and maybe i urge you to go back and watch the first round when he mounted him he was tired he was tired yeah i'm sure i'm sure i mean he was throwing a lot of a lot of big shots and i i would i would attribute a lot of Rockhold getting t- as tired as early as he did was was that broken nose and having to yes, breathe absolutely breathe through the yeah. mouth breathe through the mouth and out at altitude is is not the easiest thing in the world in the world so I mean so but these guys just like that was I love this fight it yeah. it was it felt like the it's one of those fights where yeah the technique wasn't the greatest because they were so tired so tired and all that but it was also one of those fights where you felt like it could just end at any moment the way mm-hmm. they they're hitting each other. And even, even Rockle, Rockle, he would have his burst, his little bursts of offense, offense in, in all of his tiredness. He just felt like maybe he, he'll hit a body kick or he'll throw one of those wacky kicks that hits 
and then the yeah the hits cross in the head or land that perfect or question mark yeah, kick. Or land question, that, mark kick. question mark kick, yeah or land that left hand just perfect that would not cost out and the same thing was happening with uh with Costa and for all the talk about Rockhold's jaw from the past past of being off for three years he took some hard shots yep and survived yep. And, and survived and as far as his saying I'm too old for this stuff I don't think he is I think you know a lot of it you know I don't that I'm not sold on his retirement. I don't, I don't, I think he's got a little bit left in the gas tank. I could see saying that stuff because you're 37, you're 37, you haven't fought in three years, and you had, and every time you've tried to come back, you know, and you've had so little, so few fights in the last several years, and then every time you tried to come back, an injury would kind of stop you and delay it, delay it. And I could see where there's like some frustrations with that. And if you saw his stuff during the week, I could see where. Maybe the frustrations with UFC is get get to you and you just don't want to do it anymore. But I don't think he looked like somebody who who is ready to retire, you know, you know, but the, uh, um, who knows? I, I think you, you gotta do the Rockhold Weidman fight if if he's gonna fight again. Yeah, uh, yeah. If yeah. either one of those two are gonna fight again, that's that's the absolute perfect fight to do. Yeah. Um the, there was one spot where I thought it was over and Costa thought it was over <laughs> when he gave him the uppercut to the nuts. <laughs> Like I thought, I thought like Rockle went down, like, you know, like sometimes guys go down from a body shot and, uh, you yeah. know, just the way he crumpled and then, you know, and right away, like the ref was right on it. Um, was this Beltran? I'm uh, just looking. Yeah, I think so. Um, yeah. Beltran was of, like on fire tonight on that night. Yeah, like, Oh my yeah. God. He was, he was like the most entertaining guy on the show. Like he was just like the way he was talking to the guys and like, just, uh, he wasn't having any shit. He, and yeah, like, he needs to be, he needs to be referee lot a lot more like yes on these big shows and he needs to be miked (laughs) yeah because i i don't think i mean he i do think like jason herzog is the best referee that going today and but i think like her herb and beltran and uh there's a there's a couple others that are pretty pretty solid mark smith's really good too so yeah so and even Uh, even chris guitar's pretty good yeah, even Chris Tyone, you know, he doesn't always make the best decisions, but when it comes to like, like pauses and timeouts and having to explain stuff to fighters, like he excels in that in that area. So I so, get a yeah. kick out of uh, Mergliotti just because he uh, he like he, I like when he fucks up and yeah. he just kind of admits it. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> sorry, dude. <laughs> there it is. Yeah. Man. yeah, yeah. yeah. Hey. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, so yeah, that was that was a good fight. If you haven't seen it, you know, if you only watch the main event for some reason or something, or you know, go back and watch that fight because that, that was a lot of fun. Um, and then yeah, the uh, the featured fight, which for a lot of people I think was like the co-main event. Um, Mirab Devalashvili won a decision over Jose Aldo. Aldo won the first round. I think it was close, but Aldo won it. And then Mirab just kind of took over in the in the last two rounds and uh, just kind of dominated him on the feet. Kind of just did the clinch game. Kept trying to take him down. Did take him down a few times, but mostly was just holding him up against the cage. Aldo was getting frustrated and tired. And uh, you know, it was like it's one of those fights where you know, like I said last week, I wish this would have been twenty five minutes. But having said that, I'm not sure the next two rounds would have been any different than then it's like two and three would have been, um, you know, just although really had nothing for him. Um, and then like, I thought the biggest thing out of this fight was the post-fight interview where, you know, Devalish really was, you know, asked, you know, will you fight Sterling? And he practically broke down into tears and gave the speech about how, you know, like Sterling is his brother and uh, he would never fight his brother. And he's helped him when he got to the U.S. And I'm like, my pro wrestling mind is just thinking like, 
oh my god sterling's got a churn on him (laughs) you know what i mean like it would be such a perfect storyline you know but i don't think that's gonna happen um but uh yeah it was it was um you know so i don't know what's next for him because he's basically like he's like the actual eternal gatekeeper like he's gonna be like a number one contender and you know you got to beat him to get to sterling kind of thing but uh yeah it was uh you know best performance of his career joe say i think now you do that aldo cruz fight um you know uh better now than ever and uh yeah it was you know i don't think i think aldo's beaten most guys in the division but he's not beaten tavalos really yeah i mean marab fought a great game plan of mm-hmm. of a fight after the first round first round i had for aldo and i think it was the body work yeah that was main that was mainly winning that mainly won aldo the round his he i talked about on the show last week Last week, what he should have done, and that was the leg kicks. And again, it was just the leg kicks were just, I don't know why Jose Aldo just all of a sudden yeah. abandoned the leg kicks, decided one part of his career at some point of his career just to stop leg kicking. Leg kicking. I think if he would have done it, it would have slowed Marab down with those takedown tests because all Marab did, I mean, he couldn't get Aldo down. Like, like Marab is one of the best takedown artists, artists in the sport today. But Jose Aldo had like a ninety percent takedown defense rate. He's re- and he's faced some of the best fighters in the world in the world who are great at everything. Like he's ridiculously hard to take down. And the fact Marab never took him down, down or maybe he took it down like once, very brief, very briefly. That just shows how great Aldo is. But the fact that Marab just kept pressuring with the clinch and pushing against the fence, like Aldo couldn't do any offense. And that was a smart fight for Marab. It was just, it wasn't about winning it. I think, I don't think it was about winning it offensively, but winning it by stopping Aldo from doing any offense. And then once he got to the third round, Aldo was tired. So it was kind of not really going to matter anyway, anyway, but uh, yeah, I mean, it wasn't the most impressive showing that Marab's had and, it's definitely, definitely whether Aljamain was a champion or not. This is not a a championship earning performance, you know. So, well, other than the fact, you know, the guy he beat, I no, mean, no, I would say, beat, yeah, beat, they but. they did have a really nice moment after the fight, um, yeah, where they kind of got down on on their knees and were like hugging and talking yeah, to each other yeah. for like a minute. Yeah, and Marab, Marab claimed on an aerial show that Jose told him that he was retiring after that. But I, I you know, that. know what? That's what I thought was happening. Like, I, yeah. that just the sense I had watching it was, you know, so I'm not surprised to hear that. I mean, um, I mean, he didn't, he didn't like say like outright that this was on last fight, but, but he said like, I'm done, which may could have meant done at fighting for titles or something like that or done at a level. Who knows? Um, I don't could, think we, we, I, you know how I am. I don't bully. I don't believe I fighters when they retire in 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 the cage. So, um, the hard. one thing I don't I don't think we've mentioned yet, and you you mentioned on Observer Radio, but uh, Jose Aldo's entrance was, I mean that that was the biggest pop of the night. Um, yeah. For you know, like he felt like a a real like living legend coming out, and the fans treated him that way. It was like they were in Rio. Um, you know, it was it was incredible. And he's not just treated that way by the fans. He's treated that way by like all the other fighters and all the people who work for the UFC. Just like when Jose Aldo's around, it's it, it's like having I don't know 
Gretzky, Gretzky, Jordan, Gretzky, yeah, Jordan. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, I saw it, I saw it firsthand, firsthand a year ago in Houston. Whenever he was on on that show, when he fought Pedro Munoz, just how everybody was like every every other fighter, like they went out of their way to talk to Jose Aldo and get pictures with them that week. And the same thing was happening this week and week. And then you kind of see some of these fighters, especially those who who had never fought on a card with Jose Aldo, and like they're they get so excited to meet him because he's just so idolized by fighters it's it's like kind of one of the it's kind of one of those deals like you know you ask the question who is a fighter's favorite fighter like jose Aldo is a lot of fighters favorite fighters so yeah used to used to be used to be robbie lawler now it's him yeah Um, yeah, there's i mean it's i think a lot of it's been jose Aldo. there's still some lawler and there's probably still a bunch of i don't know Oliveira seems to be getting jose Aldo is Jose Aldo is the, the first guy that I kind of feel like I discovered on my own, you know, like in the sense that it wasn't a guy that I had heard about or anything. It was just me watching shows and, oh, my God, this guy, you know, and and so this was like back in WEC before he won the title. Like I was watching and I'm like, okay, like I saw him a few times. I'm like, okay, I'm going to make a point of watching every time this guy's fighting. And then, you know, like I think there was one year, it was maybe like 20 I don't know what year it was, 2010, 2011 or something. And I was doing my wrestling observer ballot and I voted him like, you know, number two or number three for fighter of the year. And, and I was surprised that other people were picking him and it was like, and then, you know, he kind of took off after that. But uh, I, so now that he's, you know, getting close to the end of his career, um, you know, it's kind of sad for me, but uh, I, uh, I can, I have the memories I can enjoy. I thought like one thing about this show was we've talked about the fans and, um, We've had a lot of shows where, you know, the fans have been like super hot, like obviously the London shows and San Diego last week was really good. And, you know, a few of the other ones. But this was the one where I felt like the fighters noticed the fans more and they were like reacting to the fans and they were like appreciating the fans and pointing it out in their post fight promos. And I think for a lot of these guys, they they hadn't fought in front of fans uh, before tonight, like since the pandemic. And uh, and they were so happy. And they were fueled by it. And you saw it in the post-fight interviews with, um, you know, with guys like, I, I, I can't remember, Tyson Pedro, for one. I think he'd said he hadn't fought in like three years in front of fans. And Costa was another one. Um, Pedro had a fought since 2018 in front of fans. 2018. Okay, there you go. There you go. Yeah, yeah it was. So, yeah, he mentioned when it was. So, yeah, I, uh, you know, so that, that was a big thing I, for me. I, I have I have noticed that about every fighter that is on on these arena cards how they're so grateful to fight in front of fans which will which I'll bring up later like okay. like something that like yeah like it boggles my mind why they're still doing this but. yeah I, I mean there's no reason like they're making tons of money the, the fans are happy the just, fighters are I'll happy I'll just say it now because our news our news yeah. section isn't is low low they're they're about to use the apex heavily again all three all three october fight night shows are going to be in the apex it's just like come on like it's there's no reason for this stuff and and, yeah and the only thing the only thing i I have a feeling here's the thing too i have a feeling like like yeah you can say you're selling tickets to these apex shows i don't know that there's many people that are going to go to those shows in october october at the apex because of college football yeah, and being in Vegas and wanting to gamble on college football. I don't know how many people go to those Apex shows. Whereas you having these shows, shows in some little, you know, some place. You don't even, you don't even need to go to places that 
that the building is 18,000 people. You can go to, go to, you know, they used to go, go to the outskirts of Denver, Colorado. Uh, I forget the name of, name of the arena, but it was an arena that set, they held like 5,000 people, and they would always sell that out. They did it for w show, WC shows and UFC shows. Like, you can go out to places with, with you know, and run buildings with like five, 6,000 capacity and still sell those out. Like, come on. It's ridiculous. I, you know what? I might be in Vegas in, uh, in October. I was just looking at the weekend that I'm planning on going, and it's actually the, the, um, it's actually the Abu Dhabi card that week because yeah. the, the winnipeg jets are playing there on uh on the 20th of october so i was thinking about going um so but uh yeah so anyways let's do our uh, our three stars uh you want me to go first sure sure uh number one uh well number one is gonna be leon edwards <laughs> of course yeah i know, for I sure. know yeah i don't know we've we've already talked about it but but like i said just to have just to be 24 minutes in the fight, in the fight, a fight that you that you know going into that fifth round, you're going to lose unless you finish it. But you also had that body language uh, of like feeling like I'm, you know, he, he looked like somebody who who was ready to accept defeat, but he just didn't give up, and and you know throwing that head kick, head kick that technique for that head kick, like I said, it was beautiful. And if you did not see the fight or the finish, I mean, the finish is all over social media media. I've probably watched it, you know, 20 times now, 20 times now, but yeah, it was just, it's how, and then you beat a guy that no, that everybody thought was unbeatable. So how can he not be the number one star on, on the show? Of course. Uh, number two, I'm going to go with Tyson Pedro. Just, yeah, it was a squash match. He was, <laughs> he was set up to win, but still like, Finishing a guy in 65 seconds is impressive, no matter what. Is a beautifully timed body kick on Harry Hunsucker, and just yeah. the finishing off. And yeah, and uh, Tyson Pedro, like like many years ago, when every first came in, he looked like a guy who, you know, one of these Australian New Zealand guys who could be put put as a star. And they they put him into some big fights quickly, and he lost. And then he had all the injuries that missed time. But now this is two in a row coming coming back and he's looked good so far and maybe it's time to give him, you know, a ranked ranked opponent, see if he's ready to get back up in there. And then for my third star, I'm gonna go Amir Albazi. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me real quick. Uh that guy looks like a flyweight title contender. He just ran through oh, yeah. ran through Francisco Figure Figueredo and just just dominant on the ground, rear naked choke, just look cut a great post fight post fight post fight promo. That's another thing about Leon Edwards too. We didn't talk about his, oh, yeah. his celebration in his post fight interview was just absolutely incredible. Like everything, yeah. everything was just absolutely incredible, incredible. And the crowd reaction to the Edwards, like, like that guy might be a superstar coming off this, off this show. Oh, he show will be in England for sure. For, for sure. In England, in England. Yeah. But uh, back to Albazi, back to Albazi, like he cut a great post fight promo. It was funny how, how he faked Rogan out. Rogan, yeah, out, you know, yeah. to speak through. He starts, yeah, he's translating. Rogan, and Rogan's like, "What the hell? I know you speak perfect English." Like, yeah. <laughs> and then the so, the yeah. now the the translator is like translating in English. Yeah, but like Rogan knows that Al Albazi speaks perfect perfect yeah. English. So the, he's like yeah, asking him the question. He's just repeating what Rogan said, and yeah. then and then he says, "I'm just fucking with you, Joe." <laughs> yeah. But like. 
Like flyweight, man. Flyweight is such a fun division right now. Honestly. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so, can, I can't believe they almost like scrapped that division. I can't believe. Yeah, I can't believe it either. Either, and you know, and I think we have Brandon Moreno to thank for as as exciting yeah. as it is now. And he was in attendance. He he was, he was there. there too. And he yeah he was still talking about Davison, fighting Davison in January in Brazil, but at the same time wondering if Davison's actually going to fight at flyweight again. So. Yeah, well, I mean, he, uh, I mean, I, I looked at him at la, you know, last week or whatever it was, and then um, a couple weeks ago, and then you look at Jose Aldo at bantamweight, and Figueredo is way bigger than Jose Aldo. Yeah. So, you know, um, all right, my three stars, I'm going to go with Victor uh, Altamarino in, in the first fight, another flyweight fight, uh, three minutes, 39 seconds, uh, KO ground and pound. Uh, this, this was fun. Like this kicked off the show and, uh, these guys, you know, th- this was, this was a lot of fun and Altamarino's Mexican fighter. And, um, yeah, just, uh, just ni- nice, nice win for him. Moved to 11 and two, another, uh, flyweight contender. Um, number two is going to be, um, Lucy Putalova. Um, she dominated Wu Yunnan. Um, you know, and, and it's funny cause they, they were taught, they kept talking about how she'd improved her stand up so much and then the boxing and everything. And then she, she won it with her grappling. Um, and, and with, you know, she ended up, uh, you know, with getting a KO with elbows and she would have, she would have submitted her if she didn't do that. So, um, that was, uh, that, that was nice, nice showing for her. And then, uh, third star, you know what? I'm going to cheat and say Mike Beltron. <laughs> for his like awesome performance in every fight he he refed. Uh, that's it was, not, it was, that's yeah. not cheating in my opinion. It could be any uh, anyone or anything. We could give we could uh, like I, there's honestly honestly every show John Anik calls I could he could easily be one of my three stars because that's that guy is is so fantastic at his job. So he so he I think it was in the Fletcher lose a fight. He basically like scolded both guys at one point. Um, I think he was doing like he was separating them, and he's like, "Come on, guys, get fighting! Like, fuck this shit!" And he's like, "It's like, oh my god, I love this dude." Um, and there was another fight. There's another. Am I? It might have been the uh, the, uh, the. He ref four fights. Woodson. It was. Did he do Woodson the Woodson Saldana? Yeah, he did. Woodson he did that Saldana. one. He did that one, and it was. Uh, and we'll the, kind the of penalty, talk about it. right? Yeah, we'll talk about it kind of in a yeah. minute. But the penalty and the way he was talking to Saldana afterwards mm-hmm. like like it was like it was it was like a high school football coach yeah. scolding scolding a player <laughs> don't do that shit yeah it's like you know one point i'm docking you a point you do it again you're gonna be disqualified like yeah. keep it clean guys let's go yeah like, it's like a football <laughs> oh coach God. scolding a player like it's yeah it was great yeah yeah um yeah so yeah there's my three stars beltron uh and uh alta moreno and uh lucy Pudalova. Who I lost money on that Pudlova fight, but that's okay. It was a good fight. Yeah. Um, all right, and uh, yeah, so take us through the rest of this card. Yeah, okay. It started off with with the flyweight fight that you talked about. Victor Altamirano uh, finished Daniel De Silva in three minutes thirty nine seconds. This was about as good as a three minute thirty nine yeah. second fight as you're going to get. Uh, De Silva dropped Altamirano early, went for the finish, but Altamirano recovered, landed a knee to the body that put that put the Silva down, either put him down or it looked like he was pulling guard. One of the two, either way, they went to the ground and Alta Morano just ground a brutal ground and pound to yeah, get the finish. Just the shit out of him. Yeah. All right. Then we had this Bantamway fight and I've been practicing this name ever since Saturday night. So Arishi Lang. Like, like, Arishi Lang. That's a, Arishi the, Lang. Okay. That's how I, that's how I learned it. Learned it. They would, they would say, uh, uh 
Richie Lang. So like okay. oh, Richie Lang, Lang uh, unanimous decision over Jay Perrin. Richie Lang won the first two rounds uh, based on volume and striking. Perrin got takedowns in each of the two round two rounds, but didn't do anything with them. And then the third round, Perrin was way ahead on volume and got another takedown, but it was too little, too late because Richie Lang already won the first two rounds. So so he won the fight. It was a good fight. And then yeah, he, uh, yeah Richie we, Lang get. Uh, gassed out but yeah gassed okay. out. but he, he, he was he, he was good in the first two rounds so that's all that mattered yep. yeah and then uh we closed out the early prelims with the mirror albazi submitting francisco figueredo in the first round with the rear naked choke okay then we had then we went to the featured prelims kicked off with the welterweight fight Ange lusa uh beat aj fletcher unanimous decision uh Story of the fight was Lusa won the first round. Then Fletcher pretty much emptied the gas tank trying to finish yeah. Lusa in the second round. And he came close a couple times, but just a lot of a lot of hard shots. Lusa did did land a lot of a lot of blows in the second round as well. But Fletcher came close to finishing them, but gassed himself out trying to get the finish. And he was completely tired in the third round. Lusa just just kind of basically almost took him down like like at ease and dominated the third to get the decision. Then we had a featherweight fight, which ended in a split draw, a rare split draw. Uh, Sean Woodson and Louis Saldana, they each had a 29-27 scorecard and then a 28-28 scorecard there. Uh, Saldana dropped Woodson uh, in the first round. Woodson kind of did the face plant, kind of like similar to Derek Lewis, yeah. the way Derek Lewis did, except that it didn't get stopped, and partly because Saldana just – walked away and didn't capitalize. So so it, it allowed Woodson to get up right away. And then Saldana dropped him again. Again, and as he was going to the finish, he landed a knee right to the head of Woodson, who was clearly down on the ground. Yeah. And then all of a sudden there was there was a stop to the fight. Saldana thought he won, thought he won, but it was actually a call to timeout. Now I honestly thought they were going to stop the fight there because to me, it looked like Woodson got knocked out by the knee. But uh, yeah, but he he right away said no. I can right fight. Away, yeah. He was yeah right away. He said he could fight, which and they didn't even. I don't even think they had he didn't the doctors go to a doctor. Looking, nope. Yeah, like, like like that was kind of odd to me. Like like because he because even if you saw that replay, like he looked like he got fucked pretty good by that knee. Yeah, by that knee, and they didn't even they didn't even really allow him time to recover all that much. And that and much, really. and it called it like like it was a knockout, like it was a legal yeah. blow. He missed the um the knee yeah, to the head. Knee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, but anyway, anyway, they took a point away from Saldana, Saldana. So and then uh, I thought Saldana won all three rounds. Honestly, I could see maybe the third being close, but I thought Saldana won at least two of the three. So at worst, he should have he should have had a twenty nine twenty seven scorecard. The twenty nine twenty seven scorecard for Woodson is kind of weird to me, and it's also weird that nobody gave the first round, which would. Yeah, yeah nobody, gave it, a yeah. I nobody gave, gave it a 10 8. I gave it a 10 8, and then I gave Woodson I I well. the second. So I think my scorecard was 28 27 for Saldana. Yeah, I had a 29 26 for Saldana. I thought he won okay, all, three, okay. all three rounds and, and a 10 8 first, but which would have been a 9 8 first. But yeah, but I was happy because I had money on Woodson, so I got a push. Yeah, so, so yeah, just <laughs> kind of, kind of just like a weird fight. They, it, yeah. The first round was exciting because of just everything that happened, but last two rounds were really nothing to write home boring. about. They both they were both tired after that yeah. first. As was the next the, fight, boring. Then this next fight, lightweight fight, Jerry Gordon, unanimous decision over Leonardo Santos, thirty twenty seven across the board. There's not much to talk about this fight. It no. was it wasn't good. 
was yeah. good. Santos Santos is so world class on the ground that he decided just to stay on the feet the entire time. And Gordon Gordon didn't want to take any chances on the ground, so it was basically just a lot of clinching and a lot of fighting at a distance. And neither one of them landed a whole lot, but Gordon did enough to win every round. Then this next fight was interesting scorecards. Uh, Marcin Tybura won a, a majority decision over Alexander Romanov on two twenty nine. 28 scorecards and the third scorecard was a 28 28 Romanov absolutely dominated the first round first round and I and I mean absolutely dominated yeah. the first I, first I round. Was he took so mad. He had, <laughs> yeah he had two big takedowns like two yeah. like big monster slam takedowns four and a half minutes of control time significant strikes are 14 to zero for Romanov total strikes were 64 to one Tybura only threw three strikes the entire first round. This was a clear definition of a 10, eight round, very clear definition. Yet only one judge gave it to him. And I know there was a, they had the ABC conference here, here recently. And the heads of the ABC, the, you know, the overseas, all the rules and all that was telling judges that 95% of rounds should be scored 10, nine. They're basically trying to, tell judges to stop scoring 10, eight rounds, which is completely stupid. Like, well, not only on, that, like, but this should have been one of the 5%. Like, yeah. I mean, you know, yeah, by that, any definition, yeah, this yeah, was even, a 10, eight yeah, round. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, but, uh, Ty Burr very clearly won rounds two and three. And yeah. I thought it should have been a draw. And I think, I think everybody thought it should have been a draw, but, uh, Ty Burr squeaked away with a win there. I had a, I had a five and fight a, parlay. Romanov's and first this, career loss. And this was on the five fight parlay. So I was pissed because <laughs> it, yeah. it wasn't like I wasn't getting huge odds because they were all big favorites, but it was, you know, like I think it was a $25 bet to win like a hundred bucks and I lost. So I, yeah. I was very mad. Yeah. So, <laughs> but, so yeah, but that was, yeah. that was in my opinion, very bad decision right there. And then we yeah. onto the main card, uh, Tyson Pedro, as we talked about, finished Harry Hunsucker, 65 seconds, body kick and punches. Uh, Lucy Pudilova in her UFC return, uh, after going five and one on the regional scene, following her release, finished Wu Yanan in the second round, got her down and just unleashed a barrage of elbows, as they call, just elbow after elbow after elbow to get the finish. And then we had Davalsvili over Aldo, Costa over Rockhold, and then Edwards over Usman to close it out. Uh, the uh, the performance bonuses went to Us- uh, Edwards, obviously, and uh, Victor Altamirano, and then Paulo Costa and Rockhold got the best fight. Um, and I, I think uh, Tyson Pedro got jobbed a little bit there, but yeah, <laughs> what can you do? Um, and uh, maybe they should have given given them a few more. Um, and uh, the gate, uh, eighteen thousand three hundred twenty one fans, four point three million dollars, another sellout, continues their streak. I don't see it ending anytime soon, especially given what you just said about uh, not too many fight nights in uh, in buildings coming in arenas coming up in the near future. So, uh, although we do have the next one in France, so I assume that's already sold out. Probably um, so, yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, that's a nice big card. Continuing a nice run for UFC. Um, we also watched uh, um, the Contender Series and um, the uh, this. I was surprised. I got to tell you because when they, um, when they, when you, when Dana came out, like I thought maybe three of them would get would get contracts, um, yeah. and they all did. And I, you know, everybody yeah, that so won, much for this whole Dana, 
Yeah. yeah. Uh, sorry. No, no. Go ahead. I, I was, I was about to say anyway. so much for so much for this whole idea that Dana was going to be conservative this year after after week one because <laughs> he's gone back to basically giving everybody who wins a contract now. And I feel bad for that girl last week who couldn't feed her family, um, or whenever, whatever week it was. Um, and and hey, I thought, but, hey, hey, but when you have somebody like Luke Rockhold re- who retires, what what yeah. he's paying, what Luke Rockhold made Saturday night will pay for, for pay for you know <laughs> this what do you entire made, like this entire million? season. Yeah, this entire season season worth of winners. Their entire, entire yeah four fights they get. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, the one that I thought clearly probably shouldn't have got a contract was Haley Cowan. I mean, she won a split yeah. decision, and it wasn't a very good fight. And, I mean, she's you know only 7-2. and two. It's not like she's got this super great record. And and Jose Johnson just kind of surprised me as well. But, you know, Dana said he fell for his story. So, I mean, if you fell for yeah. his story, what about that poor girl that can't feed her family? Like, go back will, and hire her. I will say <laughs> Haley Cowan, like her getting a contract probably was more – to me, it screamed like uh, we need to add people to the women's bantamweight roster. Yeah. So, so let's just and and he's contract. like, I see something in her, and he, I'm thinking, yeah, your dick. Uh, <laughs> sorry, did I say that out loud? Can we edit that out? Yeah, but, <laughs> yeah. Hey, but uh, but I mean, if there's if there if there if there's one division where they need to find yeah they need to find fighters through the contender series, it's a women's bantamweight. So, I mean, Lucy Pudilova just you know got back on the roster, and she's probably like two fights away from a title shot she's a um, flyweight though what i thought it was bantamweight oh no it was bantamweight, yeah yeah yeah, yeah. And, uh, i think she yeah, fought so. a flyweight before she had yeah but on the even yeah. on the regional she was bantamweight so um she was i mean she was fly she was flyweight when she got cut yeah. Right. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, coming back at Bantamweight, that's the move. Um, yeah, Jose Johnson, you know, one of the things. And then yeah, the other ones were all like quick finish. Well, two of them were quick finishes. And the first fight, Nazim Sadakov. Um, even that one, like I'm thinking, you know, like I think there might have been one fight where somebody got a KO and they didn't get a fin they didn't get a contract. And even that one, I was like, you know, the first two rounds were you know, weren't to, you know anything to write home about, but then he came home, came out in the third round and just you know dominated and got the win. But uh, the top two fights were were great, and um, you know, and and both guys, you know, Claudio Ribeiro and Esteban Ribovics, yeah. both got contracts. So yeah, everybody got a contract, and uh, yeah, Dana and, was in a good the, mood. And the guy in the first one that got the contract. Nazim Sadikov, he looked really good too. So yeah, yeah, he looked good. But but again, you know, early in his career, you know, he's now seven and one. But yeah, Dana was just in the mood to hire people. So uh, like I said, I feel bad for like the people in that first week. I mean, honestly, didn't think the three or the two decisions here were no, weren't any worse than the three three or four decisions on the first week. Yeah, like just, he was in a bad like mood. If you that look week. at yeah, if you like look at this show, this one, and even the week before. Before with the decisions of people who got who got contracts on decisions, decisions like Dennis. If I'm Dennis Bazooka, yeah. who had a really that fight was really good and he had a really good performance and he didn't get a contract and and there's some guys who there's some fighters who have performed performed worse than him who've gotten contracts. So if I'm like him, I'm kind of pissed off at yeah. Dana's mood that night. I would say also the one guy on this show, Jack Cartwright, you know, he's 10 and one, uh, you know, I had his first loss. I would be shocked if they didn't bring him back for another fight yeah. at some point. Yeah. yeah uh, maybe, maybe next, next year. year. 
Yeah. Um, and then this coming week, uh, again, it's a bunch of people that we don't really know. I'm just kind of looking at the names. I don't really recognize any of these names. Um, you know, the main event is two guys that are both undefeated heavyweights. So that could be fun. Um, and uh, do, do, do. actually, I think this is Jesus Santos Aguilar. I may have seen on Combate Americas. Uh, yep, yep, yep. Yeah, a lot of fighters with really good records, though. Yeah, yeah. So, and a lot of international fighters, and that that was the thing last week too. Like, there's only two Americans on this week's card. Um, You know, a few Brazilians, someone from Mexico. uh, Was that Switzerland? Oh no, Gogoladze. That would be what Czech Republic or something. Uh, Michael Parkin is uh, UK. So yeah, Um, yeah. So yeah, but it should be it should be a fun show. This will be Tuesday night. As uh, so tonight, as you're listening, I understand this show goes up usually around noon on uh, on so whenever you're listening to it. If you're listening Wednesday, the show's already happened, but I'll be watching. And uh, yeah, these shows have been real good, uh, they're entertaining. I, I like the uh, the banter, Bisping, and uh, and uh, what's her name? The the Marcango. female, yeah, she's she's awesome, she's really coming really into good. the role, yeah, yeah, she's really good. Um, and then uh, PFL, um, I didn't get a chance to see this because um. I set my PVR to record it, and for whatever reason, TSN must have had a late programming schedule change, and they did not air it, as best I can tell. Because actually, on my uh, PVR, I can go back and look at the listings after the fact, and because you can watch, you can actually watch things that have aired in the last week, but you can't fast forward through commercials. And so I checked, and it wasn't even on. So I think at some point they must have just decided, you know, what, we'll move this to the website. Um, I, I don't know. There wasn't really anything else on. Um, I guess they just probably nobody's watching it. But um, Kayla Harrison, the big news, she got a first round submission, uh, three minutes, 17 seconds, advanced to the finals of the lightweight tournament. And Larissa Pacheco looked even better. She got a knockout in two minutes and nine seconds over Elena Kolesnik. So that's the one. I think they've already fought twice before, and they're fighting for a million bucks. And in the featherweight tournament, Brendan Lofting got a big upset over Chris Wade um, to advance to the finals. And uh, that was a hometown guy as well. So they, that, I bet you the crowd was super hot for that. And Bubba Jenkins, uh, probably the biggest name in the tournament, got a submission over Ryojo Kudo uh, to advance to the finals as well. So we got the finals of Bubba Jenkins and Brendan Lognane. Um, Lognane's a guy a few years ago that was on the Contender Series, and uh, everyone was mad that Dana didn't give him a contract, and well, now he's fighting for a million bucks. He should have got one like that. I know that, was, that is the biggest blunder in Contender Series history, right there. Yeah, and here he is. I mean, I'm sure he's not crying now. He's gonna get a million bucks and probably go back there on a bigger deal. And I also think that like that's that Dana, Dana admitted, has admitted he screwed that one up, and. Yeah. Uh, I also kind of think that that part of that's the reason why Dana signs so many people off the contender series now because yeah. he wants to avoid that. Yeah, the rest of the card was nobody, anybody listening to this have ever heard of. Other than, I guess this is, I don't even know if this aired anywhere, but um, maybe like probably on uh, ESPN Plus or something. But Marcin yeah, Held uh, won, uh, it was kind of the, the arena main event. Uh, over Miles Price, uh, two minutes thirty-seven seconds. Marcin Held's a longtime Bellator UFC fighter, and um, you know he's still like really young. It feels like he's been fighting forever, but I don't even think he's thirty yet. Oh, he just turned thirty. So, um, but he feels like he's been fighting since I've been watching MMA. Um, yeah. So that was PFL, and then they're off for a little while, and they come back in October for the uh, for the finals. Um, I think 
I don't even know where is it Hula Theater or something, probably. Probably um, New York, yeah. Yeah. All right. And then of course, uh, as we mentioned earlier in the show, uh we we've got the uh one uh show that's gonna be on Friday at uh, eight PM Eastern. And so this show says so, so is this on tape delay? Because it says Singapore Indoor Stadium, but I thought they were in the U.S. for this. Uh, Do you know? They're, uh, they're in Singapore. Okay. Okay. So well, this must be tape yeah. delayed then. There's no way this is live. In, in it Singapore. might be. I don't. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. You know what? Like you're right. Like they do not promote this very well because like we both get like pressers from like everybody, and I do not. I get stuff from one, but I have not heard anything about this show. Um, yeah, I don't get any. I don't even get anything from one. I get the odd thing from uh, from them, but it's always like just stuff telling me about how popular they are, and you know, like you know, money that you know people have given them and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, they yeah. the big. That's- that's kind of funny. It's kind of funny. It's always a <laughs> yeah. No. Sorry, you're right. The whole idea, the whole idea of just them only sending out press releases when people give them money is just hilarious. <laughs> I know, but it's true. Um, so yeah, this card is there's not much here. Um, Adrian Moranis uh, in the main event is a big fight against Demetrius Johnson for their bantamweight title, which is really the flyweight title. And then you know there's a couple Muay Thai fights um, and a couple heavyweight fights on the main card. Amir Ali Akbari is uh, probably the bigger name that people may have heard of uh, because he's fought in ACA and Ryzen. Um, you know, had quite a few fights in Ryzen, actually. He fought Merkel Krokop uh, a few years ago. It might have been Krokop's last fight, actually, um, in 2016. But, um, he, yeah, so he's he's fighting. And, uh, yeah, so you can check that out he's if you're bored. Good. <laughs> he's not very good, no. He's not no. very good. No, no. no well, he's, he's 10 last two, so. Yeah, ten and three. Uh, you know what? As good as it gets in one. And they, I love their their rules. I, I might check this out because I haven't seen a one show in a long time. So uh, disappointed, yeah, I might, Angela. I might too. Yeah, yeah. disappointed that that Angela Lee's not on the show, but can't have everything. All right, so she's on. She's she's on one. She's on one coming up soon. Is yeah, but I mean, it's not gonna be on Amazon, is it? Uh, no, no. She's on a. She's on the second Amazon show, September thirtieth. Oh. Oh, cool. Okay, well, I'll definitely watch that. Um, all right, so we have no UFC to preview for this week, uh, and then the um, the news. I mean, like you said, the the only real news that we had was the October fight nights are all going to be at the Apex, um, which is disappointing. But you know, what can you do? There's and there's three of them, right? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. October no show on the eighth, October first, October fifteenth, and. October 29th and October 22nd, so Abu Dhabi. No show on October 8th. Yeah, take it uh, off for Thanksgiving, I guess. That's not Thanksgiving. Yes, Thanksgiving is. is November. No, it's October 10th. Oh, Canadian Canada. Thanksgiving. Oh. <laughs> well, hey. Canada. Blame Canada. <laughs> Canada on strike. Hey, they're, giving, wanna... they're giving me a week off for my for a holiday. I'm not complaining. Yeah. <laughs> I do want to bring up a... I do want to bring up a couple of a couple of fights that are yeah. that are rumored that we're talking talking about now that now that I've thought about it thought about it. Okay. Uh, John Jones. It looks like he's going to fight December tenth in Vegas. Oh. And okay. The well, from what I heard, it's probably going to be Stipe, and then they're going to hold off. Hmm. They're going to hold off Francis until they sign a new deal with him and hold it off until early next year because. Uh, Francis is going to re resign whatever the Tyson Fury thing. I think it's dead because Tyson Fury 
Tyson Fury unretired and retired over the course of three days, like last week or the week before. So he's going to end he, up, uh, his next fight's going to be against Drew McIntyre. I think. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah, <laughs> the next thing he does is going to be his Drew McIntyre, but even, even when it comes to like exhibition boxing, like I don't even know that he's even going even to do that. It's crazy. He, he unretired and announced the fight. And then two days later he announced that he was retired. So I don't really Jeez. know what's going on with Tyson. Fury. I mean, Tyson Fury can't even, he can't get into the U S right now. <laughs> so, so it's, yeah. So it's, I don't, so if if um if if Francis is going to come back early next year, that means he's not going to be fighting Jones, right? Well, the Jones Stipe winner. Well, then that can't be that early next year. I mean, like, I guess wait. it depends. They can tell if, him to yeah. wait, wait till March or April. I mean, it's well, it depends. Yeah, it depends like how much damage Jones takes in that fight. Yeah. Right. Or Stipe. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I mean. I, I don't really care who wins. You you make Jones. Like I, I mean, sorry, Stepe, but yeah. <laughs> you know the money's yeah. Jones. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like I said, who knows? It could be they could switch. They could do something where it ends up being being uh, Francis in December. But I have heard Jones okay. Stepe for uh, for sure. December tenth. And what December else was 10th. rumored? And then, and then it was it was talked about, not official. Uh, Chandler and Poirier for MSG. That looks like it's a go for them. Okay, and that's November twelfth, right? Yes. Yes. Okay, and that's. Uh, I see you've got on your rundown. Well, I won't spoil it, but I guess we're talking about it now. We're about. Yeah, we're about to go over some of these. Carlos Bars and and Weili Zhang. So yeah, that's that's, a, that's official for for the Madison Square Garden. So yeah, that's man, not the main. No. Main events. Uh, Adesanya Pereira. Right, 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 right. Okay. So, yeah, that's a solid number two. And then we've got Molly on that card and uh, no Patty. Um, and, uh, yeah. So, um, okay, so what are, what are some of these other big fights? I said September 10th is a big one. That's only a couple weeks. Yeah, yeah. They, they were lo- they've they been looking at ways to bolster the uh, September 10th card, which is Comzat and Nate. That show is in danger of not selling out in Vegas. I'll put it to you that, that way. Wow. And, and if you look at – if you looked at the rest of the card – like like everybody's talking about, man, they need two two or three more big fights on that show. But uh, they did one. I wouldn't say it's necessarily a big fight, but it's Tony Ferguson, you know, coming back and he's coming back at, at welterweight and he's fighting Lee Jingliang, which is which is just like a completely random fight, if I'm being honest. I and he's the key. I he's got no chance. <laughs> Sorry, I don't know. Uh, I I want to. I'm gonna look up something real quick. It feels like they might have fought before. Jing, like Jing Lang and Tony? No way. No, no, it's... no. Ferguson's only fought at welterweight, like maybe twice. Oh, there's somebody else. It was Kikuno. Yeah, because yeah, because I think Ferguson's fought at welterweight twice, and one of them was like a late fight. Yeah, where, you know, I mean, no, he, the welterweight. He hasn't fought at welterweight since he won tough. Right. Uh, I thought, okay, no, I thought he had fought somebody else, but I guess I'm, oh, no, you know what? No, what I'm thinking of is when Max moved up to lightweight to fight him. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, I mean, I'm looking at this card now, and holy crap, there yeah. isn't even a co-main event. I guess that would be it. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. Ferguson's been training at Greg Jackson camp. So, oh, so, huh. so he's actually with a, t- with a team for one, for once. Uh, there was pictures, I forget who, who was with lately, but there was pictures of him sparring with somebody big lately. So there's that. Uh, uh, 
Interesting fight for UFC Fight Night on September 17th. Andre Feely against Bill Algio. That should be a fun fight. Yeah. Uh, UFC Fight Night October 1st. That's the show headlined by Mackenzie Dern and uh, and uh, Jan Zionen. But it looks like the co-main event is going to be Jarzinho Rosenstruck against Chris Dawkins. Woohoo! So, so that's a I know you big Chris Dawkins fan on the, on the other end and Paul there. Yeah, uh, and Jesse Ronson, Canadian boy, yeah, fighting yeah, on the card fighting, too. Yeah, he's fight, fighting Joaquin Silva. Uh, he was Silva's replacing Vince from Help a Shell in that fight. Okay. So, and then another fight on that show, Mike Davis against Euros Medic. Uh, let's see. Uh, UFC Fight Night, October 15th. A couple fights. Misha Sirkunov against Alonzo Minifield. And Rafael Sunsal against Victor Henry. Henry was the guy who came in on like a week's notice a few months back and won a yeah. big fight at Bantamweight, and he had a lot of popularity. Yeah, popularity another uh, one veteran, I believe. Yeah. Uh, yep. UFC 280 in Abu Dhabi. Dhabi, uh, heavyweight Hamdi Abdelwahab is. Oh, my boy, Hamdi Victor. the Hammer. Andy the Hammer. He's fighting Park Porter on that show. So that's that's one. Uh, then you had we talked about UFC UFC 281. Their MSG with the Spars and Whaley. We also have uh, Mike Trezano against Sung Woo Choi. Uh, Hanato Moicano against Brad Riddell. That's a good lightweight fight right there. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Carolina Kovalkiewicz against Silvana Gomez Juarez and. Uh, Otman Azatar against Matt Frivola. So there goes my idea of Frivola against Patty somewhere. Carolina is going to be so popular at MSG. Yeah, uh, she yeah. Uh, she has been in the past. And yeah, yeah, again. just uh, a lot of Polish people in New York. <laughs> and then here's an interesting fight for UFC 282 there at Vegas on uh, December 10th. This Santiago, is insane. Santiago Ponzinibbio against Robbie Lawler. So that's, uh, that's interesting. Robbie Lawler? Wait. Oh my god! Uh, like that feels like he's being like led to like the gas chamber or something. Like he's it feels like that. But Ponzinibbio, <laughs> I mean, Ponzinibbio hasn't necessarily been the best since he came back from his injuries. true, true, yeah. So, yeah. so and Robbie's like looked real good in his last few fights. Robbie did not look bad against Brian Barberina. It was just you know, Barberina Barberina's pressure got was too much and. Ponzinibbio does not bring pressure like that. So no, he so hits hard, but yeah, hits, Robbie's hits got a hard. great chin. And Robbie still has a great chin. I think it's a winnable fight for Robbie, honestly, in my opinion. Well, I I, I disagree, but um, yeah. I, I I say it, I say winnable. I don't know that I'm yeah, not saying he's yeah. gonna win win, okay, but I'm saying it's a winnable fight. Fair enough, fair enough. Yeah, I just I I just it's so weird because Ponzinibbio is yes. still ranked, right? Was he like seven or eight? No, I don't think he's ranked. Oh really? Oh okay. Well, maybe I'm I'm way out of it. You know what? Because yeah, you do the rankings every week. So, um, I just to me when I see his name, I just remember the guy that nobody wanted to fight. But yeah, he's not that same guy anymore. Ever since yeah. Lee beat him, yeah, he's not ranked. Okay, all right. Uh, see, Lawler and Ferguson. Now that's a fight I could I could I could see making. You know, but uh, you know yeah. that maybe we'll get that next maybe. year. Maybe. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. Um, all right. So yeah, that's, uh, that's the uh, news and you know what we did, we ended up doing, uh, yeah, we're over an hour. So yeah, that's good. Um, yeah, a lot of stuff we, you know, we got to talk a little bit more about the uh, pay-per-view than we normally do. So that's a lot of fun. Um, I actually got invited to do a show this week to talk about UFC 278, but, um, and I felt bad about saying no, but they, they record at uh, nine o'clock our time on Wednesday and, uh, it's Wednesday. You know what that means. Uh, <laughs> so I, uh, yeah, that's a, that is a much better time than two forty five AM. I'll admit that. 
Yeah, well, but the problem is, is, is I I record the Dynamite show at uh, about nine fifteen on Wednesday night, so I I was unfortunately had to say no to that one. So I, I too bad because I I would have loved to have talked about this show some more, uh, but I always like I'm to just, talk. I'm just I'm just saying that to to the haters for the I know the yeah. Observer Radio. Oh, yeah, the you one try hater. recording. Yeah, you you try record. There was more than one, but you you try doing a guest spot on a on a podcast at two forty five a.m. I will say that this this show was the first time I think you've done it three times now. And this was the first time where I actually felt like uh, Brian actually like watched the show and paid attention and like they maybe yeah, yeah. didn't actually need you other than the pre the prelims. Um, bec- and so it almost yeah. felt like they were interrupting you when you like had stuff to say, but like they were so excited about what they just watched that they just wanted to talk. Yeah. And so it's not that like you didn't do a good job or whatever. It's just that like other times you're definitely needed because they either weren't watching or weren't paying attention. And this time that wasn't the case. And that's probably that's exactly how, that's exactly how I felt when I was on the phone. Not, oh. to, ba- not to bash Dave or Brian, but no, no, yeah, but because yeah, I, no, it's, it's I enjoy, their show. I enjoy the, it's their show. I enjoy do, doing my spot, my spots on there, but <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. But I definitely mean, one I, I thought like, like if there was one, if there was a paper, a recent pay-per-view they could do without me, it was this one. Yeah, yeah because they actually paid attention and <laughs> took notes. So, but uh, no, I mean, you did have some really cool stuff to add, like the, you know, the Dana stuff uh, that Dave didn't have and, and obviously the prelims. So, you know, I always enjoy hearing you on that show and uh, you know, another good job this week. So, um, so yeah. So if you haven't heard it already, go back and check that out. Um, most people, you know, that listen to our show, I think probably are Wrestling Observer subscribers. Um, but if not, uh, you can read Ryan's coverage on the Wrestling Observer website of the show. And it'll also be in the upcoming Wrestling Observer newsletter uh, that'll be released on Friday. And if you haven't already, you can go back and read Ryan's coverage of UFC San Diego, which I still haven't got to because uh, they had Dave had the G1 coverage at the beginning of the show. So I was reading that. So, and that was something I hadn't actually seen. So I, I really did want to get into that. So, um, and then, uh, and, and then, yeah. And, and uh, you can follow Ryan on Twitter uh, and interact during the pay-per-views and, and the, and the fight nights. Although this week, Ryan's got a week off. So, uh, you know, you which, can send him tweets. Which I'm thankful for because, because it gives me, I get some of the, you know, whenever you get in these stretches of, of uh, ten weeks, ten straight weeks of shows. Once week eight, nine, ten hit, hit, and I'm doing like, doing like the the recaps, the recaps of the observer. I'm feeling a little burnt out. Yeah. <laughs> so, no, it's you've so, you've got a well deserved week off so, this, yeah. this week, and, and it allows me to get it allows me to get ahead on other stuff too. So, and we'll be back uh, with uh, you know previewing the uh, the France show next weekend. Wow, that's coming up already. And uh, and then for me, if you haven't heard it already, we we put it on the end of last week's show, but it's also on our YouTube channel. Uh, check out the interview I did with Aaron Jeffrey from Bellator, uh, fresh off his big win uh, over Austin Vanderford on the on the last Bellator show, and then he right shortly after recording with me, he went and did a show with uh, Ariel Helwani. So um, yeah, that was and a big day those- for him. Then after those, he signed a six new six fight contract with Bellator. Well, we talked. You know, it's funny. We talked about that. I don't know if you heard the interview, but um, we because I mentioned, you know, like you know, kind of like I said, I didn't expect him to answer, but you know, I'm kind of like, you know, is your goal still to kind of get to the UFC or whatever? And he's, you know, Bellator has been real good to me, and he says I'm I'm making enough now that you know that I don't have to have another job and all this stuff. So I think maybe he'd already signed the contract, but they just hadn't announced it because the way he was talking, like you know, he was he was making pretty good money, and it was pretty long term. So. 
Um, yeah. But yes, because that was, we recorded uh, Wednesday. So it was only five days ago as yeah. we're recording now. So he may have already signed it and it just hadn't been public knowledge. But um, yeah, so that was a lot of fun. I mean, uh, you know, a short interview, 15 minutes. You can, like I said, you can check it out on the YouTube channel and uh, even see our faces, him coming right out of training. Right before we started recording, he had his like shirt off. And I'm like, he's not going to record the thing like that, is he? And then he put his shirt on and it's like, okay, cool. So, uh, yeah, and then I have the Dynamite Show on the Patreon that I've already talked about, so you can check that out on Wednesday. Um, so, for Ryan, I'm Paul, and Ryan, take us home like you always do. All right, everybody. hope you enjoyed the show. Have a great week. And for those who are going to enjoy some fights this weekend, enjoy the fights. Later. <laughs>